0: Yes, the Women in Tech podcast Puma Collection is now live and available at shop.womenintechshow.com. That's shop.womenintechshow.com. Make sure to send us a confirmation of your order because we have something extra special, a little surprise for you. Reach out to us on any of the social handles at Women in Tech Show on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, and we will make sure to get you the extra special surprise. The hoodies and fleeces are so sick. You guys voted on them, decided which ones we should roll with, and I absolutely love it. Check out the photos that we have on the site, shop.womenintechshow.com. That's shop.womenintechshow.com.
1: Still, you're working out, you're eating differently. You just live it. It's not just a hobby you have. It's not just something you do. It's what you are.
0: My name is Espri Devorah, host of The Women in Tech Show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create The Women in Tech Show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I.
1: Hello everybody, I'm Ulvia Cafferli, a data scientist in Italy. Although I'm living in Rome, originally I am from Azerbaijan. While thinking about how long it took for me to be a tech woman in the technology world, I felt the responsibility and desire to help other women as much as I can. Therefore, I developed the tech platform to support others who want to achieve in technology. Because I believe women have ability to do great things. For us, sharing, helping, developing as one is the most important value. What I would like to emphasize is just do not afraid to fail. Do not limit yourself with little success. Think bigger, learn, fail, repeat, experience, and reach the inaccessible. No matter how hard the challenge is, go for it.
0: If not now, then when? If you too want to connect and collaborate with more incredible women in tech, remember you can go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. The best business resource I have is my mentor's private Facebook group. I've never found a community that cares more about one another's success. It inspired me to create the same thing for podcasters. If you're a tech company or startup looking to grow your podcast audience, I created getpodcastlisteners.com, a private group specifically to discover how other podcasters have grown their audiences so we could do the same. Check out getpodcastlisteners.com. That's getpodcastlisteners.com. Welcome! To the Women in Tech podcast, celebrating women in tech around the world. You know that today is our end of the week special, and you've been hearing that I've been talking about these mentor sessions. So excited for our next guest from the Netherlands, and she is going to be giving us a special mentorship session on how to take care of ourselves. Her history is in the tech world. I've known her for a really long time. She's one of my best friends. Welcome, Masha. Hello.
1: Oh, hi, Esprit. I'm so excited to be here with you today.
0: Are you awake?
1: <laughs> oh, I'm super awake. I'm in the Netherlands. So, you know, like it,
0: it, uh, it's late here. It's evening. I've been telling everybody that we're going to be doing these mentor sessions. So let's first share with everybody a little bit about your background in tech, how we met one another, and then let's get into what you do to take care of so many incredible women in business and leaders today. It's awesome. It's something I'm a part of. It's something I'm really proud to be a part of. And I'm quite frankly, I've always been proud to be associated with you. You are an innovator. Like, and you guys, I'm not just saying that. Legit, Masha is like, OG. Oh, <laughs> you're an innovator. You're a creator. You're an entrepreneur. You're a go get You're all the things. So let's kind of like bring it back To kick things off, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and talk about your origination in the tech world?
1: All right. So back in the day, I moved, I'm from the Netherlands, I moved to Ireland, and I started working for Microsoft TechNet and TechNet Plus. And this is in my very early years, I think, uh, around that time, I'd never touched a computer running on Windows before in my life. So I totally bluffed my way into it, and I had to learn a shit ton. And that's when everything got triggered. My my uh, interest in uh, technology, in the internet, in all the different programs. I mean, we were just, uh, this is quite some time ago, so everything was just Popping up, uh, everything was new and exciting. So I moved to the U.S. a couple of uh, years later, and I moved to Miami. And uh, there was no one really looking for a Dutch executive assistant. So I had to do something else. And my then partner told me, "Like, wow, you're really good with technology, with the internet, with all that stuff. With people, why don't you start something for yourself?" And I'm like, "Well, I'm from the Netherlands. We don't do that shit, you know." So I. Totally had to make a a mindset switch. And, um, I. Looked at different domain names that he and his friends had, and one of them popped up, and that was Miami Talent. I started MiamiTalent.com, which was a, a networking site for uh, actors, musicians, photographers, all that stuff in Miami, looking for work, and we were connecting them with the people who were uh, looking for talents. And we had parties and all that stuff. And in those days, I met Esprit. And this was before
0: websites were everywhere. This is like
1: this is before social networking was a word. It did not exist. You and know, this is like, before
0: WordPress was a thing. It was not easy to build a website. We're not gonna name any any years or anything <laughs> like that. But
1: it was it was a while ago. So so I met uh, Esprit, and we totally met randomly, and it had nothing to do with tech or with work or whatever. But we connected and we hit it off. And then I discovered that Esprit had a similar website or a similar company called Zexports. And that was for action sports, doing basically the same shit and, and video. She yeah. was hipper, much cooler, <laughs> uh, but same type of stuff as I did. And ever since then, we've just been like in each other's life, in and out. You know, we, we both moved to different places. We visited each other. I visited her in LA. She visited me here in Antwerp. So yeah,
0: so that's that's our background. It's crazy. And now, I mean, being someone, you guys have to understand, whatever Masha goes after, she excels at. She is just not a happy half ass kind of person. She's a champion. So when she decided to start snowboarding, it wasn't just like, let me pick up a snowboard. She became like a pro snowboarder, like or on the verge or cusp or whatever. When she was like, okay, I'm tired of snowboarding. I'm going to take up cycling. She didn't just ride a bike down the block. She's like riding marathons or whatever cyclists do. It's insane. <laughs> And so, and so now she's, she's taken all that athleticism and all the knowledge she's gained from wellness to apply it to super body coaching what she's doing today. But share with everybody a little bit about your athleticism in snowboarding, in cycling, in all the other stuff that led you to where you are.
1: Well, back in the day when I was young, really young, when I was a kid, I was the laziest one of the bunch. Uh, my nickname, my dad gave that to me, was Miss Piggy. And lovingly of course you know but um, I'd much rather read books or anything you know did some crafts uh, arts and crafts all that stuff in my room I just didn't want to walk I didn't want to run I was scared of the ball so team sports were a no-go I was not uh, athletic or athletically inclined I was kind of lazy but when I turned 30 I got divorced, and um, I thought my life was over. So I figured, you know what, you got to do something you've never done before. So let's try this this athletic stuff. You know, let's pick a sport that you, you'd be interested in. And then I thought, well, you know, I've never been in the snow on a mountain. Let's see how that goes. I discovered snowboarding, and I fell in love with it. It was my passion. It was just... But it took a very long time for me to learn it—seventeen days to be exact—because I'm, <laughs> I'm not very coordinated and I'm not I wasn't that athletic. So from snowboarding, it trickled on because they told me if you want to get really good at snowboarding, you gotta do some core exercises. You gotta you know build a little bit of stamina. Uh, you know, get some work on your cardio, all that stuff. So I started going to the gym, and I loved going to the gym because I just love to pick up heavy shit and put it down. And it's very simple. You don't need to have a lot of coordination for it. And I love the feeling it it gave me. And I got picked up by this coach. Her name is Lois and she's a bodybuilder. I didn't have much to do at that time. So she asked me like, well, can I train you? And I said, well, I don't have a lot of money. And she's like, well, you know, uh, what do you do for a living? I said, social media marketing. She's like, well, you help my husband with his uh, with his business, and I'll I'll train you. So she did, and then uh, she saw I took it on really well. I I built a, a pretty good body, and then she asked me, "Do you want to do a competition?" And I said, uh, "Doing what?" And she's like, "Well, figure fitness." And I'm like, "Well, I'm not gonna go on a stage in a bikini smaller than your sock, you know, all oiled up, but." Long story short, I did do it. I put in the work and I had an incredible transformation. I thought it was fun. I'll never do it again, oh, wow. but I learned a lot. Wait, why won't you ever do it again? I like the process. I, it's, it's just something that you live, you know, like it's not just something you do once every now and then. Once you're into it, you have to maintain it and it's too strict. The cost of getting that lean are tremendous. You cannot really have a good social life. Whenever you go for dinner, you have to start thinking, what does this restaurant serve? What can I eat? You know, you're always that pain in the butt that's like, can I have uh, this and that on the side? Is the grill scrubbed clean? Is it with oil? or you know, so you really have to pay attention. And that's you know that's that's for three months leading up to the to the competition but before that you're still you're working out you're eating differently you just live it it's not just a hobby you have it's not just something you do it's what you are and that's you know like I've done it and I liked it and I love the experience but it's not my life it's not for me and all the other people who do it it's like fantastic I know how hard it is and not just the dieting and going to the gym but the social aspect of it because your friends they don't really understand you it's hard you know like when you're cu- counting your food and measuring certain things you know and you see other people do their thing you get remarks too it's hard you have to find like-minded people then and there are not
0: that many Talk to us a little bit about your cycling, like where does your cycling come into play? You're such an avid cycler
1: well, yeah, so obviously I have my my moments I had snowboarding and I had uh you know bodybuilding or going to the gym and because of my competition, people started asking me questions and uh, I became certified uh, a personal trainer and I did my nutrition and then I moved to the Netherlands I moved back to europe and eventually to belgium and belgium is like the mecca of cycling i think they invented it here they have like all the spring classics you know like it's crazy they've got the cobblestones you ride through the snow in the rain it doesn't matter everything so i moved down here i didn't have friends and i'm like well how are you gonna make friends you know like it's not so easy it's not like people are you know, welcoming you with open arms. Uh, So I figured uh, I'm pretty good at cycling. Let me join one of these clubs here. And that's kind of what happened. And I thought I was pretty good at cycling until I started riding with them. And I'm like, now I really got to step it up. So I got invited to Taiwan because I visited Tokyo a couple of times. I got to meet some people. And then the Tourism Board of Taiwan and the Cycling uh, Federation invited me to do a, a race there. I was—I never did or done a race before. I never really climbed a mountain that big. It's one of the, 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 the hardest climbs in the world. I did it. I had to walk a couple of times because, you know, like it was so steep, like 27% up. So, you know, you almost fall off your bike. So I knew my team was full of ex pros elite riders and people who have big cycling websites like cycling tips and all that stuff so it was hard and i, I saw what they did i'm like well you know i want to be good like that so i got a coach so there's a line here in my life in my story i got another coach now i got a cycling coach he's a crazy amazing person you know and and he uh, he does the most insane things. And he wrote a program for me, totally custom. And that's how I started training. And now I I ride with a lot of people and I, I'm really decent at riding bikes. Yeah, so, you are. And I love it.
0: And that all led to being inspired to creating Super Body Coaching. And we're going to be asking where, well, me speaking on behalf of the community are going to be asking a lot of questions about wellness. Tell us a little bit about Super Body Coaching for the people that don't know.
1: Okay. Yeah. So super body coaching is a lifestyle or a health and wellness program. We cover deep health. So it's not, I'm not going to tell you like you have to eat so many grams of protein or count your, your macros or whatever. I mean, there are guidelines, but eventually I want people to be able to make their own choices on how their body feels. Like I can write you a program or a, uh, a, a meal plan, but let's say you are going to do a heavy swim training tonight and a run session tomorrow morning. I don't know that that you just scheduled that in. You have to know yourself how to adjust your food, or your meals. Uh, and you know, like I've never been really good with following rules but I have been good with my intuition. And I want people to not blindly follow someone else's program or their rules because they're never going to continue or they're never going to be
0: able to keep that up. You have to know why you do certain things and you need to feel it in your body as well. And I got a bunch of questions from the community. So are you ready for questions? Yes. Okay. So first question we have Amy asked, Do you have to only have one cheat day? Like, is that a thing? I hear cheat days are really popular. Is that the only way to have the best body?
1: I don't like the name cheat day because it makes me feel like I do something wrong. I'm cheating, you know, like, and I feel like if you have to cheat on your diet, then it's probably not the right diet, you know, or the right plan. I mean, there are treats or they are good things to eat, you know, like things that make you happy and food and eating is more than just nutrients. It's more than just, you know, something that feeds your body. It's also a, a social and a happiness aspect. Or so if, you know, you're craving something and it's, you know, like not 10 donuts, but if you crave <laughs> a donut, you know, just, you know you have to, you know, you have to be realistic, you know, I know you love a good croissant. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm all about the croissants. But if I crave one, if I really, really want one, I have one because otherwise, I'm just going to be thinking about it. And I'm going to think about it. And, you know, my whole day, I'm just seeing croissants everywhere. And you know, it, it messes up my mind. But when I tell myself, listen, if you want a croissant, you can have one, all of a sudden, you know, your mindset is different, because you know, it's there, you can have it whenever you want. So There's no need to really have it right now. You can have it tomorrow, too, or the day after, whenever you want. So when you give yourself that type of permission, it feels a lot easier. You're not being restricted, you know? Like, there's no one telling you you cannot have that.
0: And Cassandra asked, what about emotional eating? How do you combat emotional eating? Uh,
1: Well, yeah, I think... I mean, that's, that's how I talk to
0: my clients
1: when, uh, with emotional eating is they have to uh, become aware of, you know, what triggers, let's say, all of, you know, you had a bad day and you, you grab, you know, all this bad food and it's like, okay, before you eat all that, just start to like figure out what really happened and, you know, why you want to eat. You know, like, do you want to punish yourself? Do you want to, you know, like, do you really want to eat this? Or, you know, like, you kind of have to just place whatever emotions you had that day into a box and name them, and then think, well, do I still want that food, or do I want to deal with whatever happens? You know, like, so emotional eating—it's not the food; it's it's your brain. You just, you know, like, you have—it's all about becoming aware. You know, instead of reacting.
0: You have to name it. And in Superbody, is that what you help people with becoming aware or, or how involved are you in combating emotional eating is something that I deal with on a regular. So how often are you involved in combating that when you're supporting your community? it's not the main
1: issue that I deal with or or that my clients deal with, but I'm very much aware that it's out there. Everyone has some sort of level, like, you know, like a reward system as well, for example, you know, like that's an emotional eating thing too. If you're like, well, I did that really well. I deserve this, you know, like, so that's, again, that's a mindset. So it's, it's a lot of mindfulness in my coaching of becoming aware like why do certain things trigger you know uh certain behaviors and why is it the food that i reach out for you know like how can i change that so i'm not about to tell you like well if you feel that way you cannot do that you can't you know like i want you to take a deep breath and think hard and deep uh, about what it is that you're really struggling with right now
0: Awesome. And Evelyn asked, is exercise just as important as nutrition? Or can I just eat really well and get the body that I want to get? Yeah, the
1: my, I hear I hear that a lot. And I hear a lot of women, they're like, well, you know, I, I go to the gym all the time and this and that. But you know, basically, you can't out train a bad diet. And I did not make up that line. It's out there. When you train, you or when you work out, you should not be doing that with the mindset that you want to lose weight because when you train you deplete your body from a lot of nutrients and and obviously you have to put that back in your body. So after you work out hard, you do have to have a a recovery shake or, you know, you have to feed yourself. You can't just work out like crazy and then not eat and then work out like crazy because you're going to burn out and, you know, you're going to be a mess. Your body is going to go in shock and it's going to hold on to whatever, you know. So it's a combination, but I'd say nutrition is the biggest part of getting in shape. And Sasha, last question. Sasha asked, you
0: track everything?
1: I don't track everything, but I don't do that anymore. I used to track a lot, but uh, I mean, I like to go for dinner. And when I go for dinner, I eat other things. But when I'm home, I'm basically eating the same things. So you start to know like, okay, well, you know, I had uh, oatmeal this morning with this and that. And you know, like, you kind of know, like, okay, that was that much. And then I eat this, and you'll intuitively start putting things together, like, okay, protein and vegetables, you know, so there's no need to really track that once you've become aware of all that in earlier stages.
0: Do you track your fitness though? Like I know I have the aura ring to track my sleep. Uh, I have one too. I just got an aura ring. (laughs) Do you use it to track everything or just your sleep?
1: I didn't know you could track other things with it. I track my sleep and my exercise with it.
0: So I tried using the Aura Ring to track my exercise and it didn't seem to be very effective, but maybe I'm doing it wrong. You could help me after the podcast, but we'll talk about that <laughs> after the podcast. But Aura Ring is supposed to be great for sleep tracking and I do use it to track my sleep and it's really, really nice to sleep, see my sleep scores. And like one of the things is if I eat late, I don't sleep as well. I mean, I know that's known, but when you see it on Aura, you're like, oh, I guess that is true. And what I like as well, it
1: measures your temperature. So, you know, like, I mean, I'm still, you know, like getting my cycle and stuff. So you can kind of measure that, too. You can see it. And, you know, there's been a lot of instances in the month as well with food, for example, too, you know, like, okay, all of a sudden this week I'm craving stuff. And, you know, when you can put all of that together with your cycle, you can name it, too. You're like, well, I don't really crave it, but my hormones are going nuts. So. You know, like once you can place these things, you feel more empowered not to eat it because you know you're not really craving it. It's your hormones. And it's easier to kind of just say, ah, you know, you can't play tricks on me right now. Or I mean, you can, you know, like because it measures up, it takes your temperature, you can see when everything is kind of happening.
0: Masha, so being a part of your super body program, and I'm so excited to be a part of it. You have this really, really cool mantra that you say in almost all throughout the program. Can you share your mantra with everybody?
1: So remember the keys to your success, eat good food, move with purpose
0: and have a healthy mindset. Woo! What a great way to end the episode. You guys remember, take care of your body. How can people connect with you if they have more questions? They can go on my Instagram at superbodycoaching or go to my website, uh, superbodycoaching.com. Amazing. And if you have more questions for our amazing Friday sessions with our Women in Tech mentors, remember, just shoot your questions over to at Women in Tech show on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter. That's where we will be posting our mentorship sessions coming up. I hope you enjoyed this one. Masha, thank you so much for hanging out with the Women in Tech podcast. You are incredible. Remember to connect and collaborate with more extraordinary women in tech around the world to go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. We'll take you straight there. See you guys in the next episode. Bye.
1: Thank you for having me. Hey, this is Marsha Fentongren from Superbody Coaching, Stop Dieting and Start Living, coming from Antwerp in Belgium, and
0: you're listening to Women in Tech.